in I know that the word is right and I it says he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. I know that that word is right. I'm honored tonight that this word of God gets put on my knees. I'm rounding third base. my way. I just want to clarify because somebody might pick that up and say, well, somebody lied. That's why I said, I know Psalm 91, 1 and 2 is correct. I know that God has honored me and has allowed me and I, I feel privileged. I want to jump right just right now because they told me that I couldn't. They told me that it was too late. They told me it just wasting your time. You're running out of time. Uh, you ain't got the money. It's too expensive. And I just dared to believe God. And I kept looking and I kept searching. Maybe you're searching tonight. Maybe you need an answer. The answer is the Almighty. Hallelujah. Maybe you're on your last dime and you don't know what to do. It's still Jesus. Hallelujah. God is about to open the door for you. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. God told me. I read it in his word. If you delight in me, I'll give you the desire of your heart. Over and over, they kept telling me, why you want to go back to school again? Again. Why? Why are you wasting time? And I can't give you an answer. And I said, well, the Lord finally put it in my spirit. And he says, well, you're just going to sharpen the tool just a little more. We become, we become dangerous weapons in the hand of Almighty God because uh, when they teach you a little bit, see, they know something. They know something, but God knows everything. And when they teach you something because God created them and God works through them, he shines on the just and the unjust. And so every time something aligned with the word of God, I said, I'm grabbing that. Because that sounds like Psalm 91. Another time it would grab something else. And I said, oh, I know that. I've seen that. I've heard that. It resonates with me. And at the end of the program, I said, Lord, I don't know who I am. I don't know who I am, God. I, psychodynamic, CBT, holism. And God says, you're eclectic. I'll grab from here, from there. But I'm going to grab this. I'm going to hit it in my heart. Church, I want you to know that for the last two years, there has been a huge attack on my life. And the reason why I'm testifying is because I'm connected to Pastor Pete. Something happens to me is going to happen to him. But the Lord has seen fit that I'm still alive. I'm still alive. I'm still here. I'm so blessed to see Pastor Ford, Mother Ford, uh, maybe the rest just you know, well, we see them, but I don't get to see. And so when they say something, I grab hold of that because I need it. I need to know that where we're headed, hallelujah, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right that the word of God is going to be just as fresh as it is today when I reach that day. I'm, today I'm 57. 
Uh, but when I got here, I wasn't 57, and God had to weed out a whole bunch of stuff. Had to clean us out, glory to God. But God is good. The word of God is delicious. Hallelujah. It's Psalm 91. He that dwelleth to dwell under the secret place, under the Almighty, the shadow of the Almighty. I also want to say that a couple weeks ago we were on our way to church because that's what we do. We go to church. We don't got no other place to go. I'm not going to no club. They'll throw me out because I don't belong there. I don't look like them. I look strange to them. I was in the park yesterday. I just went and sat. I just wanted to have a moment. Woman got up from the chair and moved herself. Moved herself. And then I looked over at her. It's the devil right now. I know it's a spirit controlling her. She began to yell and scream, leave me alone. And God told me, that's where you're headed. You're going to confront some devils and some demons, and you better be ready. Be walking around naked, uncovered, not watching. I'm saying this, it's, 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 it's meaningful. I'm supposed to introduce, but I'm telling you, we were on our way to church, and a car hit us. Hit us. We were stopped at the light, and I felt like something just went, oh! <laughs> I told Pastor Pete, did you cut somebody off? And he goes, no, we're, we're, we're almost parked. We're waiting for the light to turn. My whole neck, my whole head was like on fire. But from that, we found some stuff that he said was going on with Pastor Pete. He won't tell you about it. I won't take it from you. He's like, don't, don't take it. Had we not had that accident, we would not have known. So God is sending a warning. You're here tonight, not by coincidence. You just didn't show up because it's just another night. No, no. God has something to tell us tonight. God wants to minister to us. We've got to stay fresh. We've got to stay ready. Some walked in tired, and you have a right to be tired because you worked all week. But God wants us. I pray that you will walk out, that you will listen to the message tonight. It will not just be another message. We had to drive three hours to bring the message. Set aside some things, some issues to get here to bring a word. God is on the throne and the devil, he is a liar. And you and I, we must know this because we are going to get people in the street and they're coming at us left and right. And if you're not ready and I'm not ready, that enemy will try and come to harass us. She stayed away. I don't know what happened, but somebody called the police. And I said, well, Lord, I ain't doing nothing. I'm just sitting here. I'm just praying. I'm casting the demon out. I'm not engaging. The police finally left. She kept looking. And eventually, she sat down. And I said, okay, I can go now. 
I'll wait until that demon can sit down, cast you out. But the one thing she kept saying, don't tell me God don't God love me. I already know that. I already know that. I know God loved me. She was angry because she was talking some other stuff. Why don't you just go on home to your nice place? Why are you coming over here to tell me that? So there's anger, anger in the world. And God is waiting for us to bring a message, a message of hope that the Lord Jesus is alive and well. Would you stand as Pastor Pete comes to give us the word? My husband of 35 years, a faithful servant. Give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. If God has done something for you, give him praise. If God has done something for you, give him praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Let me give honor to, to God, first of all. Amen. He's the Savior of my soul and the healer of my body. I said that God is the, uh, the doctor in the operating room, lawyer in the courtroom, and He's a healer in the upper room. And he's a good God, amen. Giving God glory, amen. And as we turn gridiron and turn forward, number four, and look at the stage for Bridge Day. Um, I want us to start out by giving God thanks for everything that he's done for me. Um, there are a lot of things going on in the world right now. I was told about that, I, I started meditating upon this, and I said, well, God, you know, you've been good to me my whole life. Even when I wasn't there, you know, for you, you were there for me. And I began to recognize from an early age that I was reminded that I was, when I was about two years old, I always wanted to be with my father. I wanted to go with my father. I wanted to just, if he would leave somewhere, I would get in the car and hide in the back seat, remember, and, I, you know, and he'd go and he'd show up at the bar and I'd pop up and he goes, he'd get mad at me because he'd have to take me home because he couldn't go to the bar and, 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 you know, be at peace. And he says, don't ever, I always want to sneak up and be with my dad. And I remember one time I was about two years old and I got in the car and one of the, the doors, the, the car door wasn't, wasn't really working. And my dad says, scoot over, sit by me, sit by me. And of course, you know, I didn't pay attention to have the old cars and Chevys, and in the Chevy, they used to have the old bench seats in the front. Remember the bench seats? They're real smooth. So I remember that I didn't really get next to him, and when he made the turn, I slid. I was wearing diapers, and I was wearing diapers, no shirt, and shoes. And the door opened. And as he turned on the Whittier Boulevard, I rolled. Standing in the middle of the street, and I was crying. And I saw my dad leaving, and I was crying. He comes back, 
He says, you okay, you okay? And, and you know, in Spanish, he's telling me, estas bien, estas bien, are you okay? Are you all right? I said, yeah, I'm okay, I'm all right. He goes, then why are you crying? Because I thought you were going to leave me. When I was about 11, 12 years old, I caught an infection in my feet. I took me to every doctor, and I was sick, and I couldn't walk for a long time. And I witnessed that my brothers were still alive, and my father, who used to wrap my feet with diaper napkins, would have me with cloth diapers back in the day because of all the infections and the hazards of drugs and new doctors and all that. And I remember that they used to pray for me, take me everywhere to pray for me, and nothing was going on, nothing was going on. And it was getting worse. And they took me to the doctors, and all the doctors wanted to do is you got to cut off his feet. you got to cut the infection. Otherwise, you can go to his knees, you can go to his legs, and he's going to die from it. And I remember one night, it, the pain just got so bad. They couldn't walk by me, and I'd feel the breeze of the feet. Well, that breeze would hit my feet, and it just hurt to the point where the, my feet would want to die. And one night, I was sitting there, and I was in the living room and my uncle was there and my mom was there and, and I just heard a voice and a voice in my head said it's time that's all it said it's time and I told my uncle I said it's time uncle it's time carry me to my bedroom it's time I didn't know if it was time to die I didn't know if it was time for healing I didn't know what it was time for but it was time that's all I heard the word of the Lord his voice you must be crazy if you're audible. It was an audible voice. It's time. So they carried me to the bedroom, and I remember there was a lamp in the corner. And they put me on my bed, and the lamp shade had like a little, I don't know why. We Hispanics use this stuff, but we, we didn't use it. Put something over the lampshade to make it dimmer. Why do you want to make it dimmer? If you want it dark, just turn it off. So I was laying in my bed, and they began to pray for me, and I saw a flash, and my eyes were closed, but I saw a flash, it was a flash, I hadn't watched for months, and I thought to myself, why is someone taking a picture now? I don't know what it is now, it's like one of those little flash cubes, you know, those old cameras, the flash cubes, I, you know, there was one of those types of flashes. After the flash, right after, I heard my mother singing. She took the, the water bottle, because the window to the bedroom was here, and then there's another little window here to the, the kitchen where the sink is, and I heard dishes, and she was singing the hymns. She was always singing in the morning and, and washing dishes, and I woke up, and I had to go to the bathroom. I went to the doctor. I couldn't walk. So I started walking to bathroom, and as I got to the threshold of the door, I realized I had a bottle in my hand. I undid the diapers, and all the blood and the pus around the diapers, and my feet were healed. I would not have been able to play sports. I would not have been able to do any of that stuff if I didn't have my feet. So God was showing me, even back then, that he'd been with me this whole time. You know, there have been times in my life, and maybe you're going through the same thing too, that we want God's blessing, but we don't want to bless God. 
I'm going to say it again. We want God's blessings, but we don't want to bless God. Provide a way of escape. But we don't always take that way. We'd rather just stay there. God is saying, there's a door. Come to the door, go through it. So a few weeks ago, we were in Asheville. Somebody just rear-ended us. And I couldn't hardly even get the, the information. And then one of the key words that you don't want to hear, no insurance. I got no insurance, man. <laughs> you look like a cop. That's what he said. You look like a cop. Are you a cop? No, I'm not a cop. If I had a belly club, I'd hit you over the head with it right now. So, thank God I had uninsured motorists. They got to pay for everybody else. But that's a topic for another day. So, Got x-rays done, and they told me, well, you got arthritis in both your shoulders. Well, I know. You got arthritis in your lower back. I know that. You got arthritis in your neck. I know that, too. Playing football, I just took a toll on my left knee and all that. Say, my wife asked me, well, if you were young, would you do it again? I said, well, yeah, I can't blame anybody, right? But she said, the doctor said, but you got something else going on in your neck. Because your arteries, your carotid arteries have calcium deposits and there's blockage there. And you could suffer a stroke. You got to go check that out now, right away. So God has given me a warning. He is showing me that had I not been in this accident, when am I going to get an x-ray on my neck? You don't do x-rays on you. I already know I got a problem there. And it isn't something that has been in my body for a while unless they missed it because a couple years ago I took an MRI because of the, I go to a pain management doctor because they didn't want to keep giving me hydrocodone. I don't want, they don't want you to turn into an addict. I said, I'm not. You know, everybody turns into an addict. I won't. I said, well, we ain't giving it to you. I said, okay, give me a shot. So they took an MRI in my body. And they didn't see anything. And the MRI is more, uh, actually, yeah, it's more accurate than the X-ray. But they saw that. And so my wife goes, where do you see that? I said, you know, God has not given me the spirit. The power, the Bible says, love and of a sound mind. What are you going to do? I'm going to get checked out. As we, I say this because God has been too good to me. The Bible says that uh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God, right? He says to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down of imaginations, and every high thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God, bringing all things. The obedience. So, what I wanted to 
think about as we dwell, uh, delve into this is if you endure, endurance, endurance is a word that, 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 that if you look at it, it's a, it's a funny word, but it, it's saying a lot. And then you're going to need it. Jesus said you're going to have to endure because you're going to need it. When Jesus tells us to fear not, it's because he knows that we are going to fear. There are going to be some things that are going to come up in our lives that are going to take us maybe by surprise. But we know that God is warning us. He was warning his disciples in Matthew chapter 24, and he was telling them, look, as they were looking at the, 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 the temple and all the other buildings, that these things are, are going to be struck down. They're going to be nothing. So God wants us to concentrate on the spiritual things, the things that are eternal, and not look at the things that are in the natural, because the things that are in the natural are going to pass. Even heaven and earth. The Bible says that Jesus said later in that passage that heaven and earth will pass, but my word will never pass. Because he was the word spoken from the beginning, and the Bible tells me in the beginning, God created heaven and earth, so since he created it, he can make it anew, but his word will always stand. Always. So as I dwell into this, 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 this word endurance, I remember in seventh grade, I, I, I went to junior high school, and I was about to play flag football. It was still hot, kind of like, kind of like now. You go down to where we live in Chino, it's over 100 degrees. We're coming this way down 166. I come up, I want to take the back road. Take the back road. Like 100 degrees over there. And then as you come down the hill, and of course then, you know, 81, 80, 75. Oh, this feels good. I told my wife, you want to move back? <laughs> this feels real good. But I remember, and I, when I used to play, you know, in the streets, and we used to play this street against that street, and we used to be able to play all day, all day long, all day. But once it got organized, and I was playing in junior high school, and I was playing against guys that went to the same elementary, and then you wanted to show off to the girls that went to your elementary school, you know, you wanted to show off to them, hey, you know, because... You thought you were good or whatever. But I remember I started getting tired. I couldn't get the flags in flag football. I was two, three steps behind. I was, people were knocking me over. And I remember I grasped my face. Oh, man, this is hard. I had no endurance. I couldn't keep up. And the reason is because now it's serious. It's no more playing in the street. It's serious now. Now it's organized. Now you got coaches. Now they're keeping score. Now you're running plays. Now there's a scheme. Now there's other things that are going on. And the stakes have been raised. So in order for you to keep up, in order for me to keep up, I had to build up my endurance. And if this works, and if this works, if you're playing around with Jesus, you don't need any endurance because you can play all day long. But the moment things get serious, the moment things get hot, 
the moment things you become serious in what you're doing, you're going to need that endurance because the stakes have not been raised. Jesus was telling his disciples that they are not greater than he is. He's going to suffer persecution, and so are we. And I'll tell you what, and so are we. Not to take so much not a perfect man, not a perfect person, made several mistakes, made a big mistake yesterday, speaking to my wife, and I said the wrong thing, but she let me know, treading on thin ice here, big boy, back up, okay, babe, right, want peace in the house, right? Happy life, happy wife, right? Let me fix it. Can I fix it? So you're going to make some mistakes. And uh, when I make mistakes, I find the word of God is established that Gideon was victorious. The Bible says that David, because they wanted to stone him. I don't know if my wife wanted to stone me yesterday, but pretty close. David said that he began, the Bible says that David began to encourage himself in the Lord. Encourage him. And that's what we got to do. I see a lot of people, a lot of people, and famous people, and I read about it, that they're leaving the faith, that they're turning from the faith. This one person from, what's that big church, the, the one that they sit in the hill front? Yeah, he left his wife not a Christian anymore. He was all about marriage. I don't know who it is, but I heard about that. And I said, man, if that could happen to him, that can happen to anybody. You know, so I began to meditate. What is God? And the reason why I went into this when I was a kid and all this is because that's how God's real to me. I, I can't turn back. I can't deny God. He's real. He done all this since I was a kid. He, he just did it two weeks ago when he showed me something the other day about my neck. It's not a coincidence. It's God. I would love to give God the glory and the benefit for that and nobody else. This is what I do. This is because I know it's, there's too much. My training in law enforcement taught me there's too much there for it to be a coincidence. Too much. So, as I see these people leaving the faith, I, I get a little depressed. And the Bible reminds me in John chapter 10 and verse 10 the truth. He's trying to kill your relationship with God. He's trying to, 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 to destroy your belief in God. Steal your joy. Steal your happiness in the Lord. Steal. That's why the Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. He's trying to steal your strength. 
And when he can do that, when we allow him to do that, you know, because he is a liar, when we listen to his lies and we allow him to do that, then we begin to question God. Because as I look at the thief, what is the word thief? And what is the, the, the ultimate goal of a thief? The ultimate goal to get away with it. A thief won't steal. But the ultimate goal get away with it, and then have somebody else take the fall. And that's exactly what he's doing to this world. He's doing all this stuff. He got the world blaming God. Why does God allow this? Why does God allow that? Why is all this going on in the world? It's not God. It's the devil. We blaming God. He's sitting there laughing at us because the people are blaming God for something that he's doing. Someone's going to blame you for something that, that I did. Fine. I'm sorry. Well, I think that's enough. But I think, but I think this most is discouraging to all believers. I know it is to me. Because people would much rather believe a lie than the truth. Because the lie is just a little more, no, 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 tell me that part. And then they keep asking you, so you add a little more. Don't just don't want the truth. It's a lie. And it's most discouraging when you don't see the truth. says we're kind of in, in a line just waiting to die for the world to kill us. Yeah. I thought you was a Christian. You're not a Christian, are you? Well, I thought you were. You go back to Satan's spirit in you. When people lie to you, begins to put that on you and then you get blamed. Look at his kids. His kids are a mess. Look at look at look 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 at the, the people he's hanging around. What they say about Jesus? He hangs out with, with sinners and, and, and wine bibbers. That's all he does. He hangs out with them. Well the Bible tells me that Jesus came to save that which was already lost. I want to illustrate what I mean. Turn our Bibles to the book of Zechariah chapter three.
Matthew chapter 24, there's a conversation where Jesus is telling his disciples about the kingdom of heaven. Dispensation of the law, grace, and the unerring of the kingdom. And as he's explaining that to his disciples, I don't know if they fully understand what's going on, but here in Zechariah, there's also a transformation. You see, God chooses one of the young choice uh, boys and children that Nebuchadnezzar brought to Babylon when he seized the capital of Jerusalem and burned the, the temple to the ground, burned up Jerusalem, burned it all up. He brought those, those uh, uh, young boys with him. Joshua was one of those young boys. You can read that in the book of Ezra, in chapter 2, in verse 1. And he chose in adversity to become the high priest of the children of Israel. And the high priest in a foreign land chose to, to do that position. God raised him up for that position. And the children of Israel were not really doing what God had called them to do. And in Ezra chapter 9, it explains exactly what they were doing. What they were doing is they're mixing themselves with the people of Babylon, the Babylonians, and they were uh, intermarrying and not what he's talking about. He's talking about mixed beliefs. That's what he's talking about. People twist the word of God to make themselves Christian. And then anybody wants one, if they're a Christian, they can come right there. I don't care who you marry. As long as they love God. I love God. I care. I'll love them too. I love God. I love them. God calls me to love anyone. I don't care what it is, who it is, but you got to love God. And if they love God, they're going to live by certain principles. I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to worry about that. And anyway, so the Bible says that they were getting mixed up with this, and it was the people. It wasn't Joshua, the high priest. But yet the devil wants to come, and he wants to blame Joshua for what the people are doing. What does Joshua, the high priest, have to do with what the people are doing? See, because it's the high priest that has to go before God the sins of the people. So what Satan tries to do is he tries to put a filthy coat on him. Say, you're not worthy. And if you check this out, there's a lot of things going on here. Let me just try to explain this. Check it out. The Bible says that Satan is standing where? Where is that? What? What is that? Right hand. Whose position is this? Whose position is this? In Jesus' position. He's out of bounds. He's overstepping his authority. That's not his position. And then they say he's accusing Joshua, putting a filthy coat on him. Listen, the devil's nobody to accuse. I know Revelation calls the devil the accuser of the brethren. But who's he to accuse anybody? He's the filthiest person on ever created. It's like a murderer trying to accuse you of petty theft. Someone say amen. 
And, but you know, the, the, and that's not the bad part. The bad part about it is when he does accuse and when he does say things, we believe it. We believe it. And he's nobody to accuse us because we were not made in the life. Especially I went to federal court a few years ago. My brother-in-law was going through some things. And federal court is very intimidating. This judge's bench is way up there. And it is on the up. It's way up there. And the columns and the ceilings are tall. And it's wood and marble. And you know, you're almost like, man, is this like judgment day or what? It's like this. And what he says goes. So you bring your cell phone in here. We catch you with the cell phone. $1,000 fine. Down the door. Take your cell phone. Kick you in jail for two weeks. We ain't paying. And you have the judge, and seated at his right hand is the prosecution. And the defense is on the left. So he's assuming to be the prosecutor, the devil is, assuming to be to represent God, because he's calling out Joshua. He's no one to call out anybody. No matter what you did, no matter what I did, it's not nearly as bad as what he's done. He got kicked, he managed to get himself kicked out of heaven. Isaiah says, I saw him fall like lightning. Right now, lightning quick out there in that crowd. <laughs> You're gone. Servants of the Most High God. And he's out of mercy. 
because your sins have been cleansed and washed in the blood of Jesus. Jesus says, take away that old filthy rag and put on him a, a new clean heart. And God has taken away that filthy garment of the things that I did and the things that I didn't do and the things that people try to put. Even now, Pastor, you're preaching too hard. Pastor, you're doing this. You're doing that. They always tell you what's wrong. And I always come at you with a prop. Never with an answer. What's the problem? I said, well, what's the answer? You brought me the problem. What's the solution? A good God. Jesus has forgiven them of their sins. And this is why we must endure to the end. We must. We must remember this. In all my years of doing what I do, there's too much evidence. Too much evidence out there to, to deny that I have sinned. If I really don't think, if I'm at this point in my life, I'm not going to say I'm old, I'm gray, I'm gray. 